There we are, Hidden Nation. Continue to listen to this song. Take a listen. You think that I'm losing, but I'm already lost. Push me to the edge and so I'll show you my birth. Smile so right, but drowning hate. The good things silence. Yes, that's the way it goes, Hidden Nation. Feel it. Listen to this. And there we are. Welcome into the studio. You got Josh Carey here, your hidden entrepreneur. You're tuned into 710 WOR, the voice of New York. Download that iHeartRadio app and you can tune into any podcast you want, any music you want. And the reason I'm so excited is because the music you're listening to right now, it's a new single called Wild One by our guest. We are joined by the singer-songwriter of this very song. Her name is Nastia Kai. And bonus, if you stick around to the end of our discussion today, we're going to play this song, Wild One, in its entirety. Listen to that. Do you feel it? It's so good. Let's lower it down a little bit, get into the dialogue, bring our guest right into the conversation. Nastia, so good to have you joining us today. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I really, really appreciate this song. Um, I like what it stands for. One of the lyrics you point out says, I warned you I'm the wild one. You're about to find out why. Is that true? (laughs) Are you the wild one? I mean, I feel like everybody's wild in one way or another. It's just the way I put it is that, you know, this okay let me start with the fact that this song has gone a lot of different transformations like first when i initially wrote the very first line it's like would you really care if i said that i jump it came from a very dark place where i was fighting with my dad and blah 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 and i wasn't sure if anybody cared about me you know that happens sometimes so it started with this then um i ended like a two-year-old relationship um and then i sort of rewrote the song to address that person and then it was about someone else someone else and i kept rewriting it and i was like okay the main story here is that you know like I keep fighting with these people and like I was I was very sarcastic about like I keep fighting with you guys but I did tell you that I'm not you know I'm not an easy person to be around and I just kind of like sat down and had a little talk with myself and I just decided to write write, like a fun song about it that wouldn't be you know dark or sad like I didn't want to make excuses for myself I didn't want to feel bad about anything I was just like listen like this is who I am might as well own it have fun you know write a fun beat to it and that's it. That's that's the whole story. What I, so I guess so. Yeah, I am the wild one, but it's you know, it's not a bad thing. Oh no, I like what you said, aren't we all? Uh, yeah. I, I what I appreciate about you is even just a a quick glance into who you are and what you're about. You really come front and center with your emotional situation, to put it one way, right? What are you yeah. diagnosed with? uh borderline personality disorder bpd and what is that exactly um well it's basically they they're not sure where it comes from entirely they're not sure if that's something you learn or something you're born with but basically it starts from you not learning to regulate or even understand your emotions so as you grow basically you know like i'm just trying to like make it short but basically it's when you feel angry, you don't know that you're angry, you know, and you start panicking because you're like, what is it that I'm feeling? You know, like I'm not okay in the head and blah, blah, blah. You start coming up with all these things and you start acting out in a way. And that applies not just to like, you know, stronger emotions such as like anger or, you know, sadness, depression, whatsoever. 
even when you're happy, you don't know that you're happy, you know? So sometimes you go overboard and you start, like, for example, for me, it was partying. I was like, oh, you know, I'm in a good mood. I'm going to go out and, like, go to all these different places for, like, the next five hours of my life, you know? So, like, it's just different people start doing different things when they, you know, when they're confused about what they're feeling on the inside. But it's just, it's, like, it's very chaotic and it's always loud in your head and it's always loud on the inside. And it's also very exhausting because you jump from one state to another very quickly. So... How yeah, has, it's just it's just been a sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. How has writing music has that? I know you've been writing since you were very young and and singing since you were small. Has that been a form of therapy, or has that colored and influenced who you are and what you write about these days? I mean, when I started writing songs. I, I started with like actual songs when I was 10 and they were quite horrible because I was a kid and I had no life experience whatsoever. So I was writing about like my classmates or what I saw on TV. Um, but then basically when I started like, you know, I went to like a singing class and guitar class and stuff. I was also bullied in school. So I kind of dropped out of those very quickly because I really wanted to make friends. And I know it sounds silly, but like I saw my you know, classmates playing at the playground. And I was like, why am I here? Like, I didn't care about anything that I wanted at the time. I didn't think, you know, long-term that, you know, this is what I do for the rest of my life. In that moment, I just wanted to make friends. So I dropped everything. And then also I was made fun of for my voice and stuff. So I just never got back to it. And I stopped writing songs as songs, but um, I would always write like poems and little notes. So whenever I felt something very, I don't know, normally when I felt something bad, to be honest, I would just write about it um and that's how it started and then at some point I think when I was 17 18 or something like that I was like why am I why am I not making these like poems whatever songs like that would be so easy for me like I've always wanted to write songs so why am I not doing that and I just sort of like reprogrammed myself into you know into making music in a way out of these like little poems and stuff and some of the songs that I actually like have you know, prepare for my album and stuff that I still have to like record and produce and everything. They have like little lines, you know, like expressions that I used when I was, you know, a teenager and a kid because I still have those notes. So it's easy for me to go back and like remember how I felt and, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I I find it really cool. (laughs) Yeah. You, um, I, I, it, it, it hits home being, being bullied in school, watching the other kids, and feeling isolated, separated, alone, unsupported. I get that. I grew up in the same way. And it took me decades to really yeah. pull myself out of that and get to a much better place where I am today with still, right? There's no ceiling to how good you can feel. You just keep keep going. How did you, how and when did you really start to shed that, that shame and all of the other emotions that come with the being bullied and feeling isolated and not fitting in when did that happen I mean I I was in a very abusive relationship at some point and that was like honestly that was like a turning point of my entire life it was right before I moved back home it was when I was I think 22 ish um and that relationship like it, it really it really messed me up so that's when I decided to get into therapy uh for the first time full time in like my entire life basically because I was always afraid of it I was always like telling myself oh you know it's not bad enough you know some people have it or it's blah 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 and this and that um so that's when I really started working on it that's when I started getting better but it did take me I feel like I still haven't fully recovered and fully healed but I'm definitely a lot better 
um but yeah it was then honestly I just got lucky because also like I my therapist was great and I found like this BPD group as well where you know I had like all these people that I could relate to and we could like talk about these things together because you know unfortunately as horrible as it sounds most kids get bullied in schools and it's just yeah nobody really like does anything about it and that's a whole other topic but you know I got lucky that I had like, I don't know, 20 people in the same room with me that were like, yeah, it happened to me too. I get you. It's fine. You know, we're going to get through this together. Hmm. When you were growing up and going through this stuff, um, feeling whether you were diagnosed with borderline personality disorder then or not, was there a support system in place in your family and environment or were you just alone and had to sort of navigate this on your own? I mean, I didn't really have any friends at the time. So the only person that was really there for me that believed that something was wrong with me was my dad. So I, until this day, my dad is my best friend and he was the only one. Cause you know, like it's really, my parents also are like Soviet parents, you know? So for them, there was no mental health. They don't really know what that is and that's okay. They just, they were, they were raised differently. Um, so it was very difficult for my mom or my grandparents to see that as me not being like, a problem kid you know I just wanted to mess around but that being like an actual illness so my dad is the only one that believed there's something wrong with me so whenever you know I was in a bad situation or I'd messed up again or you know anything um he was always there and he never blamed me for anything he was never like yelling at me or anything you know he was just like you know you're gonna get better it's fine we're gonna figure this out I'm gonna help you out so my dad was like this major wall for me that I could always fall back on and, you know, hug and cry and he would never, never blame me for it. So yeah, it was my dad. That's fantastic. And what was the, what was the schooling like in your, your young teens and your teens, you went to school. How did all those days play out? Uh, well, not great, but just again, that was my experience. Like I was always isolated as a kid. Like I'm generally also an introvert. So like, it's not like it was too easy for me to make friends, but also, you know, being bullied and, you know, the pressure also, like my parents were the kind of people that wanted me to do my best. So I'm not saying they did something wrong or they wanted to, you know, harm me in any way, but they were always like, oh, you know, your grades are not that good. You have to be better. You have to do better and blah, blah, blah. And they, they meant well, but that was just, it was, there was too much pressure for me. So generally I remember school as being something pretty much horrible because you know all the problems that I had at home were school related then I went to school and I had issues with the kids and then my teachers were kind of also really annoyed with me because you know we had a dress code we had this and that and I was always that kid with like weird colored hair and even like I have tattoos now but I will always like take a sharpie and just draw something on my skin you know and they were always like what is wrong with you like go change go wash it off and I was always feeling like as if there's something wrong with me so I think at 13, yeah, I went, I, I left for boarding school and that's when I went pretty much crazy because I was, I felt so free at boarding school. Like nobody was telling me what to do. You know, I had so much free time. Um, all of the other kids did as well. So I was just like, I was like, this is it. This is my moment. And I started, you know, <laughs> I started partying. I started meeting people. It was like this whole different experience. At 13? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, what was the um, the idea of you with the 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 different color hair back then and the sharpies? Was that just a form of self expression? I guess so. I Rebellion? think you know, 
he, it wasn't rebellion. No, not at all. It's just, I guess it was always who I was. Cause you know, it's like, I don't think people change that much. I feel like you can kind of tell what the person, what the kid is going to grow into when they're still kids, you know? Um, so that was me. And like, even the music that I listened to was like Avril Lavigne or, you know, Tokyo Hotel, Panic at the Disco, you know? So like my parents should have seen it coming. Like this is, this is what I liked. So obviously I like tattoos. I like, you know, spiky clothing, whatever, like leather. Like I was always like the little goth kid. Um, for no reason at all, it just happened. <laughs> and this this relationship, this as you said, this abusive relationship when you were twenty two, was that sort of the the last straw that helped you spring back up or get on that path? Definitely, because I think the big the big pattern that people have with BPD is self harm, but not necessarily in the traditional way how you'd expect it to you know be. It's everything. Like you always try to punish yourself in one way or another, even when you don't realize it. And I think that last relationship, because, you know, a lot of horrible things happen. And the thing about that relationship is that it didn't only impact me, it also impact my family. Because um, that guy was like stealing from my dad, basically. And it was it was a whole thing. Um, and at a point, I realized that I'd done this to myself, that I, you know, I could have left. I could have, you know, I could have done so many things differently, but I didn't because I felt like I deserve it. Um, and I was just, I, I just kind of in a way even liked staying in that like whole toxic environment because that's what felt normal to me. And when I realized that I was like, okay, listen, you're, you're 22, you know, like you, yes, you have your whole life ahead of you, but also, you know, it's like you have, you have just a little bit left in your twenties, you know, you might as well enjoy it and get better now. Cause you know, you, you want to live that rest of your life, whatever, no matter how much time you have left, you want to live that happy. You want to be happy. So I'm grateful to him that he made me realize that and go to therapy. I think that's the only good thing he's ever done for me. So <laughs> Nastia, you brought up such a powerful point that I don't think gets enough attention and credit. You were in this abusive relationship and you acknowledged, at least now, which is the win, that you brought this onto yourself. And that's not a blame, like, hey, it's your fault, right? It's the opposite. It's actually empowering you to say, my goodness, I'm doing this to myself. Now I can do something about it because I'm, I'm in control and I've always been in control. Yeah, 100%. And it's really, it's really surprising to like, understand this about yourself you know because there was a long time where I was like oh you know why is this happening to me and I personally was not in a situation where I couldn't leave it was difficult yes but like you know he wasn't holding me hostage like I could have you know I could have just walked out the door but I didn't and it was a choice every single time and it was also like a choice to not ask for help to not ask my friends for help and this and that so it was it's just weird when you realize that you're like why why <laughs> like why did you do that to yourself we do that in in um blatant destructive situations like your um spelling out and everything in between and also more subtle things that we do to ourselves that we we just don't have the perspective or the ability to admit it. And for you to, I mean, it's just so powerful. Uh, I know that the listener gets it when they're ready because one of two things are happening. Someone's listening saying that is exactly right. 
or they're denying that truth for themselves and saying, no, 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 you don't know my situation. This is different. And really that becomes playing the victim. And you mentioned it, not in those words, but you were playing the victim. And I can speak bluntly about this because it took me decades to realize that I was forever playing the victim. When I heard like about seven or eight years ago that that was a thing, that's what shined the light on myself. And I said, oh my God, I didn't even know that that was a thing, but it was like, oh, why me? Why me? That's playing the victim. And that doesn't do anybody any good. Yeah. No, obviously everyone's situation is different and some people are in a situation where they can't do anything about it, you know, and that's a whole other story, but it's really important to like distinguish that in your head and understand whether that is about you or not. And if it is, you're the only one that has the power to do anything about it. How did you find the power? What was that switch? It was just, it was too much. Like I went to this incredibly dark place. It's not even that I was acting out or doing anything. It's just like I was in bed and I couldn't even, you know, it's not even that I couldn't like see my future or anything. It was just like, I, I didn't know what to do. Like I was so stuck. Like for the first time in, I don't know, years, I just actually did not know what to do. I didn't know if I should, you know, move the country because that's a pattern for me as well. Like whenever I feel bad about myself or like, you know, I feel like, I've used up the energy of a town. I just move and that's not healthy as well. It's like, you know, I, I, I haven't had a home ever. Um, so I didn't wow. know if I should do that. I could not, you know, I, I couldn't do anything. I didn't even know how to explain it. Like, it was just like, I, I couldn't come up with anything. I couldn't come up with a solution for how I was feeling. So that's when I decided to go to therapy. I was like, that might be like, I've been rejecting it my entire life. And I, even though I'm actually, what, what's funny about this is that I'm a psych major. Like I graduated in psychology and I still like rejected it. Yeah, of course. I rejected it when it came to myself. I was like, I, you know, I, I'm better than this. Like, you know, I'm stronger than this. I learned this. I know how to apply it to myself. Of course, like I don't need therapy, but then I just gave in and I was like, you know what? Like you, you, you're full of yourself. Like you, you really need to go because I, I knew it in my heart. So you so went, I decided to get better. So the, so the last straw was when you found yourself there and that, and the first move, did I get this right? The first move was the decision to go to therapy. That was the big first step. Yeah. 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 After yeah. much like contemplation and just not doing anything at all, just yeah. staying home. And it, it was, it was homework for me, homework, homework. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I didn't call my parents, nothing. And when that little period ended, I was like therapy. And then, but we're talking about homework, homework, home was the bad relationship, right? Oh, no, it was already, no. Okay, so I didn't, I didn't talk about this, that's true. Um, so the, that person was when I lived in Paris. So that was basically, I think it was like my 19 to 22-ish or like 20 to 22 years. And then when, when COVID happened, I went back home to Moscow for the first time, like, I don't know, years. Uh, because I started a clothing brand here, so I needed to manage it, and it was just in the beginning of its like days, basically. So I, this is the reason that I left the person, and I left Paris at the time to stay back home, but I still, at that point, we didn't break up. He was still there, and, you know, he had my dogs as well, because um, I, I have dogs, and um, it was very bad. Like, he was threatening to kill the dogs. And, you know, he was threatening me that, you know, when I come back, he's going to harm me in some way. So it was just, it was me living in that fear for three months while I was on the lockdown, basically. And yeah. that's when I went, like, when, when you know, the, the restrictions were lifted and stuff. I just left Paris. 
I packed all my stuff and I went back home. I went back to Moscow and that's where I stayed for the next three years to like just, you know, get away from everything and process. Um, so that's where, where the homework was for me. So you, so you, in essence, um, because of a, um, a strength, because of COVID, um, you were able to physically leave the relationship. You did that yeah, and then stayed yeah. out and then stayed away yeah. and then started repairing and healing. But there must've been a ton of fear you had to get over. Yeah. Of course. But I didn't really like, it's not like I chose to get over it. You know, it was just something I, oh. I had to wait it out. Right. And, and you had to work through the fear knowing that you can't retreat back. It's time to move through it. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about this album Demons that's coming up. I read that um, you're including songs that each focus on a bad habit. That's interesting. It's not just, yeah, it's not just bad habits. It's just like little bad experiences and bad stories that happened to me like throughout my life, you know, and before therapy, pretty much, if you want to put it that way. Um, I wanted to kind of address everything that's dark inside of me and let it go. So it's like, it's very therapeutic and like cathartic for me, I guess, in a way. Um, and also I wanted to bluntly speak up about some issues that I was having, but having, but in a song, um, like, I don't want to start, you know, my career and all that on the wrong foot. Like, I just want to tell my audience who I am bluntly and then just live my life and know that every secret that I have is out and my form of self-expression is music. So wow. why not write an album about it? I guess. You are speaking my language. Um, I mean, getting secrets out, right? We all hold, I've held um, shame, which is just debilitating, right? Yeah, you 100%. Shame to, so, so really finding a safe outlet to talk about your secrets, admit your secrets, get them out into the open in a safe environment has been, uh, and I know is, is paramount. Yeah, of course. I think it's also like, it's a blessing when you, when you can create art because it's such an easy form of expression as well. Cause it's not as vulnerable, straightforward. Yeah. Vulnerable. It's not as straightforward as well. It's not like you have to say, I did this. You can put it in a little bit more poetic way, which will still be blunt, but you would still be saying what you're saying, but it's easier to put it out that way. You know, it's easier to get it out of your heart and mm -hmm. like build up the courage to say it. So yeah. So this is your, um, the, the album comes out when in February, 2024. Yeah, I hope so. I don't have a date yet because I'm still working on it, but hopefully February or March, early March. That's amazing. So we're going to play wild one. Like I promised in its entirety, give us the backstory on this. What are we going to hear? Uh, Wild One is a song that has gone many different transformations, like me and you talked about a little bit. Um, it started off, it was actually the song that I was working on longest. Normally, I'm very impulsive with my writing, and I just write a song in like two hours. But Wild One, for some reason, was like a journey for me. So it started off um, from this fight that I had with my dad, and I was really questioning whether, you know, anybody cared about me, and I was really sad. Then it transitioned into being a song about me ending a relationship and, you know, addressing it to that person that I ended the relationship with, not the abusive relationship. It was the one after that. Um, so it was that. Then it was something else, something else, something else. And the only thing that all these rewrites had in common was me fighting with people. But then, you know, 
it was me fighting with people, but I kind of, they kind of knew what they were getting into. It's like, I don't know how to put it in a, in a way that wouldn't sound bad, but it's just me being like sarcastic and like to my, about myself basically and about some things that I probably do wrong, but it's just like, it's like whenever, whenever I do something bad, I choose to laugh it off. So in this case, all of these situations put together, I was just like, listen, like I warned you guys, there's, there's, we're going to have problems. Like, you know, like I'm the wild one. Like I'm not your average person. Like I make mistakes. I can be horrible. And you know, that song also is about my partying a little bit. It's like, if you put it on, if you twist it on like the darker side, it's also about how sometimes, you know, you drink too much and you go out and you try to, you know, tell yourself that it's, it's all fun and games, but in reality, you're like trying to, you know, harm yourself or, you know, you're escaping something. So it's just all these things combined in a way. I love that, um, your diagnosis of BPD, borderline personality disorder, it sounds like you don't you don't have any stigma around that, rightfully so, but not everybody could say that for themselves, but you don't have any stigma or uh, concern around that label, yes? Not anymore. I used to, again, because I, I didn't, that's the reason I didn't seek therapy because I believe that I don't need it. I believe in that and partially because people were like discrediting it. And that's, I think that's what stigma really is. It's just people telling you that it doesn't exist. And you know, like the, there's no such thing as a mental illness and there's no such thing as BPD. So that's why I didn't seek therapy. But I mean, now I, I, I don't really care. It's like, it's, it's who I am, you know? Why would I care what anybody thinks? Like I'm the only one that knows how I feel. I'm the only one that knows that I have it. I'm the only one that's in my own head. So it doesn't really matter what people say to me. Like I kind of work through that. So good. So glad to see you happy and healthy. Uh, beautiful, beautiful on the inside and the outside. Nastaya Kai, thank you so much for joining us. Really great conversation. Thank you so much for having me. And there you go, Hidden Nation. As promised, we're going to play the entire song of Wild One for you. You can check it out on all streaming platforms. Check out Nastaya Kai for her album. Get in touch with her on all the social platforms. We'll link to in and around this episode. Thank you for tuning in. Without further ado, here is Nastaya Kai, Wild One. I said that I jump, set the bar too high and suddenly it's my fault. You think that I'm losing, but I'm already lost. Push me to the edge and so I'll show you my burn. Smile so white, but drowning hate. The good things silently erase. I'm sick and tired of starting fire. I swear I tried. Warn you, I'm the wild one. Well, taking shots at that bar. You said I might just really mess this up and never see you again. I faded, but I'm all in. Nothing like the movies Your face so fake, I know This was a test I failed, now I'm I'm the wild one 
While taking shots at that bar Who said I might just really Mess this up and never see you again I'm faded but I'm all in It's nothing like the movies Your face so fake, I know This was a test, I failed Now I'm I fall off the stage Tripped, I'm on the ground She stretched out her hand Get me off the bar I don't even know What I am no more I check down my drink You walk out the door Warn you I'm the wild one While taking shots at that bar You said I might just really Mess this up and never see you again I'm faded but I'm all in It's nothing like the movies Your face so fake, I know This was a test, I failed Now I'm done